You're listening to Discography Discussion, episode 162, War of Ages. Hosted by Dan Terry. In the summertime, it's real thick, sweet iced tea. David Van Zant. I thought you were going to say swill. With no, it yeah, might well. be that too. <laughs> and Joseph Wren. There's some new info for you. Oh, shit. Uh, take that one to the bank. That's hilarious. Presented by DiscussMetal.com. And if you opened before Doomsday and got exactly what you wanted, then you are ready for this episode of Discography Discussion. I am Joe. That is Dan. That is David. It's War of Ages tonight, guys. It is the war of all of the ages, all combined into one massive battle. The Age of War. It's definitely starting to sound more like a big box PC game to me. <laughs> Civilization 5, anybody? Yeah. I'm sorry. Six or four. Only play the even-numbered games. That's what the people tell me. <laughs> I've never played a... Sim- well, no, that's not true. So I played a Civilization game back in, I don't know, the 90s. And as soon as my, like, Steel War mechs got defeated by a bunch of natives with sticks and arrows, I was like, I'm done with this game. <laughs> it's all about Age of Empires, man. The War of Ages of Empire. There Age of is. Empires 2 is the shit. I don't even care if it's the HD version. I love that game. Hey, guys, David's back. What's going on, guys? How you doing, David? Good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for hanging out. Raise your hand if you're in quarantine. I'm just kidding. Nobody, nobody can nobody see what we're own. saying. Nobody can, <laughs> nobody can see us. But yeah. We, we can see us, but that's it. Quarantine at a coffee shop, making frappuccinos all day. Now the audience will never know. Well, we thought breaking David in with a rap episode, you know, which is the you know the true way to see if you can co-host a podcast successfully is everybody get out of their comfort zone for a little while. Well, we're going to dive headfirst back into the comfort zone <laughs> and uh, to, to, to the sweet, soulful, soulful music of War of Ages. Low and slow, baby. Metalcore as fuck. Yeah, I mean that's definitely one way to describe it. This band is metalcore. I don't. I don't think any of us have any real issues. The only genre tag they have anywhere you look them up online is just metalcore. They don't care. Like they're not upset about it. They're just trying to do metalcore the best that they can do it. And they do it some of the best around. Metalcore heavy on the metal, easy on the core. Absolutely. I think Leroy's voice at this point is the only thing that's still super core about the band. Super core. Super core. But uh, yeah, it, War of Ages is, is is quite the band. And it's funny, too, whenever I looked into like doing this episode, I was like, War of Ages, they've only got like four albums, right? Yeah, this band's been up to some stuff um, <laughs> since they since they debuted, and, you know, and like they I had no idea what I was getting myself into when I look at all of these albums, although two of them are the same album, which we'll get into. But yeah, it looks like they've got uh, what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, album, nine albums. I was just trying to count up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're nine albums. Count them all. And that's since 2005. I mean, that's uh, that's pretty incredible. And all on Face Down Records. The longest tenured Face Down band right now. Them and my epic, but War of Ages beats them out by a little bit. Just a hair, yeah. Talk about two totally different. When are we going to do a my epic episode? It's going to have to be really deep, like <laughs> so deep. You know? <laughs> It'll be like a five and a half hour podcast. They have too many EPs. You wouldn't be down. Oh, yeah, that's true. Well, before we throw sand on the fire from the tomb, I want to take this time to say thank you to everyone for listening to the podcast. Thank you for listening and for subscribing. If you are not a subscriber, then you can find everything discography discussion at discussmetal.com. We are on Spotify. 
Apple and Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. So if you have an Amazon Echo or a Google Home, you have no excuse. Ask it to play the latest episode of the Discography Discussion podcast, and it will. We're also on Facebook and on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Be sure to like, favorite, and subscribe. It really helps us out. It lets us know you're listening. And now Dan is going to tell us all about five-star reviews. Hey, guys. Dan here. And uh, I just wanted to tell you that uh, five-star reviews, we love them. They make us feel good. You guys have heard me make this speech like a thousand times. Thank you guys for reviewing the episodes like you have done. Thank you for telling us how you feel about the episodes on Discord. Thank you for sharing the episodes on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you name it. You guys are awesome. And I just, I, I, I there, there's nothing better than when I see that our episode posted and I'm like at work. And then I get home from work and realize that you guys have already shared the episodes all over the internet. Uh, so like that is less work for me, which I love, but I still go ahead and repost it anyway so we can get banned for spamming. So, uh, you know, I really appreciate that. And I think you guys are awesome and keep it up. Over on YouTube, in response to episode 88, Cannibal Corpse, Curly Q says, I disagree with you guys on some things, but I agree with you on Chris Barnes not being able to keep up with the newer sh- the newer shit. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I, You know, I mean, that, that that's just undeniable. Because, like, if you listen to Cannibal Corpse and how fast they went on... Um, on Vile, they definitely, um, like, and then you go listen to, like, Six Feet Under with Chris Barnes, and it's, like, a slower, like, groove death metal type thing. Dude just wanted to slow down. He wanted to chill out, and that is just not what the boys in the corpse wanted to do. So <laughs> that's cool. No, we definitely, uh, we were just saying before we went on on the air that, uh, that you know, that's one of our most divisive episodes, that and Pantera. Like, people either hate everything we said about Cannibal Corpse or they're, like, 100% on our side. So I kind of like this one, that I agree with you guys on some things but disagree with you on some other things. That's a that's a moderate, well-balanced point of view. He definitely thinks it's thrash metal. I'm just saying. No, he doesn't. Nobody thinks that but you. <laughs> that's just ridiculous. <laughs> Hi, we're the genre police. Woo! Excuse me, sir. Do you know how much metalcore you were playing just now? So much metalcore. Never enough. So, Dan, tell me about War of Ages. War of Ages is a Christian metal band or a Christian metalcore band or just a metalcore band. I mean, uh, they're whatever you want them to be, but it's probably going to be metalcore, so you should probably want them to be that. And uh, I'm not saying it like a bad thing. Uh, you're going to find out just how much I love metalcore if you were you know, in the dark about that prior to this. Um, they were around as a band called Point Zero, uh, whenever they first started, and then in 2005 they became War of Ages, which I have to say, definitely a way better name. Yeah, points. They were more like uh, like rap rock back then too. They weren't even like full fledged metal metalcore back then. So the name change totally makes sense. Oh my god, do you have demos? I don't have demos. I'm just going based <laughs> off of word of mouth. I mean, they maybe uh, rap rock. That's just uh, a word I, need of mouth I need to hear. I need to hear Leroy rap. I need to hear that. That needs to be something that I hear. You kind of hear it every now and then, but I mean, it's out there. They have that. They have an EP, Unite Us All. So it's it's out there somewhere. I I, I don't think I've ever heard. It. I'll find it. I'll stay up real late tonight and find it, and then uh, send you a report in the morning. Um, yeah, or I'll just start hitting up Leroy on Facebook. Like, hey, um, so I know that you have this demo. <laughs> Watch it not be rap rock at all. Then everyone in the face down group like calls me out and like takes away my admin status because I said they were rap rock and it was like totally different. I'm just it's waiting like, for that. It's like grindcore. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Leroy himself shows up at my door. 
He's like, I can't think of anybody less qualified to talk about this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Why'd you guys invite me on? These guys have had a hell of a career. I mean, from 2005 all the way to present day with their newest album, Void, coming out in 2019. It's kind of refreshing to talk about a band that's still going, you know? I feel like a lot of the times we're like, yeah, and then they just all disappeared one day. Um, that's not the case with the War of Ages. War of Ages has been in your city multiple times. Um, they really got popular more. I mean, and I don't want to say they didn't get popular because their music was good, but they got popular because they were road warriors, man. This band toured so extensively, especially in the early days. I mean, it was like literally every single show poster I saw was like blah, blah, blah. And War of Ages, whether they were headlining or not, they were they were when they weren't headlining, they were support. I mean, they, they were just all over these United States, <laughs> you know, and uh, even into Europe. So um, this is actually really exciting. This is the first week where I've really sat down and listened to all of it at once. Um, I listened to the records as they came out. Uh, and so there were a few of them that it was kind of a kind of a revisit for me. Um, some I love, some I didn't. But I guess the only place to start is uh, at the very beginning. 2005 War of Ages. Oh boy. Do you like metalcore? Do you like Haste the Day style metalcore? Are you a fan of Kill Switch Engage? I was thinking more like As LA Dying style metalcore, a little bit with the Kill Switch Engage maybe. Um, they definitely didn't start off as the most original band uh, in the world, but I remember seeing them at Cornerstone and buying their uh, shirt, not, yeah, yeah, shirt. It just doesn't fit me anymore. I haven't worn that shirt in a long time. It was like a, it was like a la medium, like a, somewhere between a large and a medium. A la medium. medium. It became a medium after I washed it. Uh, They're perfect. <laughs> but uh, they were, uh, they were playing on a day where it was nothing but face down bands. Although the first record, you know, we, we say that they've been on face down for such a long time. They actually started off on strike first records as a, uh, Joe and I hashed out during the Hope for the Dying episode that Strike First was kind of like the minor leagues for Face Down. It was like, yeah, we'll put out your record, but we'll just kind of see how it goes. Yeah, it's like training grounds. Make sure you can cut it. Well, the thing that I thought was interesting about this record and what drew me to War of Ages as a band was that solos, man. Like, there's a lot of metalcore out there that year, for sure. Like, 2005's not, like, the innovative year for metalcore, but... Um, these guys had a very like heavy metal sense like sensibility to their music in that you know you've still got the breakdowns you've got the screamed vocals you've got the double kick drumming you've got all that stuff that you'd expect out of metalcore um yeah a few ripoffs of at the gate in the in flames types <laughs> type of riffing um but they played solos they they constructed songs like traditional heavy metal songs but they were playing metalcore and so the, the thing that I found the most interesting was that they would just solo for it would seemed like forever. Like when I was watching them at Cornerstone, it seemed like their set took forever, like not in a bad way, but just that their songs were a little bit, you know, a little bit more complicated than what I'd been used to seeing that year. Yeah. And that's what I was saying earlier. Like <clears throat> they're, uh, they're metal core heavy on like pun intended because Steve Brown on the axe he just absolutely shreds. And I just saw him live a couple weeks ago at Face Down Fest, and you're absolutely right. right. Like, they place their songs so close to the record, but it just seems like it goes on for in a good way because their solos are just are blister. And, and it starts, it, it, it comes out of nowhere. Like, there's no buildup to it. Steve Brown just hits it and runs. I love, I love the solos. When I think about the tropes that annoyed me in 2005, 2006, in metalcore, I think of the constant sweep picking, 
the pull off as I lay dying style riffs that everybody was doing. There was too much of what was arguably a good thing because it had been about eight, nine years since we had a really guitar riff heavy music style that was popular in metal. We had new metal, which had the hardcore, the screaming, the hip hop, in some cases, style vocals. But with metalcore, this style of metalcore, it was basically groovy thrash metal. It wasn't their fault that everybody started doing the same as I lay dying tricks, but they are definitely that style of band in 2005. They're going to be that style of band for a very long time, but War of Ages is also one of the bands that you can name that you kind of feel the difference between them and other metalcore bands. It doesn't sound exactly like As I Lay Dying, which some of the heavier rip-off artists did. This one actually sounds like just a groovy breakdown band. This sounds more like Haste the Day to me than straight As I Lay Dying. They were an original band that wasn't playing a super original style. I guess is the way to is really the way to it's put perfect it. Way to Absolutely, it. you know, uh, metalcore wasn't like the most innovative genre in the world, but it didn't have to be that way for War of Ages to sound like War of Ages. I don't ever get them confused. You know, if I'm listening to a playlist and a War of Ages song comes on, I know it's them. Like there, there's no um, there, there's no debate there, and there's really no other bands that really sound like they do. But what's interesting about this record is a lot of the stuff that people know about War of Ages is not really on this record because, like, you, you would consider them to be kind of a cleaner, uh, like a cleaner cut, well produced type of band. Whereas this record is very raw. It's probably their most hardcore record on the production quality alone. Uh, it's a very, very raw record. Um, it doesn't sound like it was recorded in a million dollar studio. And um, for a guy like me, that's like perfect because like those are some of the first metalcore type of records I'd ever heard. So I, I was kind of like into records that sounded like that. Um, but I, I can understand how some people may have heard it and been like, "Ooh, this this is kind of rough." <laughs> so like I heard it like years and years ago. I heard it after it, but I heard it years ago. Then never really went back to it because I didn't have a physical copy. And like Joe, you were saying, it's almost impossible to find on the internet. Absolutely. And then. In the Face Down group, we were talking about War of Ages, and uh, I was like, "Yeah, man, I can't, I can't remember the self-titled. I know it's they re-recorded it later on, but kind of someone refreshed me how it sounded like." And Leroy actually jumped on the th and said something like, "Don't listen to it because it's nothing but accidental snare hit." And then now, when I listen to it, that's all I think about. Like, it's still a great record. I love it. And like you were saying, the rawness of it. But then I just keep on thinking accidental snare hits. Yeah, it definitely like I can't unhear it now. Um, certainly, you've kind of ruined that record for me. Thank you very Sorry. much. <laughs> um, Blame Leroy. Uh, yeah, now, now, I, now I hate both of you. So, you know, it just it is what it is. But uh, this was also the first thing I ever heard by War of Ages besides their live show where I was like, hey, bro, it. how much for a CD? And he's like, how much you got? And I was like, $7? And yeah, so I got a CD for $7. I hope they're not going to come back to like their merch guy that year and be like, hey, um, we definitely said 10 per CD. Uh, <laughs> it was probably them, man. Even to this day, Leroy slinging shirts at Face Down Fest the other week. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Well, what I think is, it, I, what I liked about this record, too, again, you know, the solos, the, the rawness. And there was something about the way Leroy sings on this record and in following records where he just... He emotes very well with his voice. He he has a very kind of different sounding screaming voice than a lot of other metalcore vocalists in that, um, number one, he's a lot more understandable. Um, he's not super growly, 
you know, um, it's more it's more the hardcore scream than it is the death metal growl, which you know, metalcore bands typically you pick one, you know, and yeah. you, you kind of stick with that. Um, his voice is always very easy to understand. Um, there were some really cool spoken word parts, which I actually don't know if those were him or not. Um, but they were always, I always liked it whenever they would drop out. Like there's this one song which is like with every breath in all that I am, <laughs> I will make a stand. And, um, it's funny cause the first time I heard it, I thought that was the cheesiest thing in the world. But like, I don't know if, if, if they ever made a version of that song that didn't have that, I'd be like, Duh, I want my money back. You know, yeah. nostalgia makes it, makes it fonder. Totally. Well, and I remember them doing it from the stage, you know, and I think that that was probably what really gripped me on it. Um, it always sounds super sincere, um, mm. really, really into the lyrical content. And um, he, he makes it sound um, he makes it sound epic. He makes it sound grand and important. And, so, you know, this isn't a band that's just writing like about their feelings like they're, they're they, they really sell the whole like war and battle and and and, and, and all, all of that part of it. Yeah, like if you what you were saying earlier, like <clears throat> whenever you have War of Ages in a playlist, you can always tell it's them. And I think a lot of that does come from Leroy. Like you're saying, his vocal style is completely unique. He has that, you know, all, most of the hardcore side of the metalcore War of Ages sound comes from Leroy's voice. Mm-hmm. But uh, the way he enunciates, like if you go through their lyrics and just kind of read their lyrics throughout their history, like it's, you know, war and like you were saying, that, that kind of like the big battle themes, almost kind of like tongue in cheek and cheek but when it's coming out of Leroy's mouth you're hanging on every single word and then when you see it live like their live show like you're saying it's so believable and you believe every word totally and that's that's why they had to take that live show you know (laughs) to everyone (laughs) everywhere but uh you know this really wasn't the record that I, I don't I don't feel that this was the record that put them on the map I don't remember War of Ages really being that big of a deal uh until Pride of the Wicked came out 2006 Pride of the Wicked is it sounds like like if the first album sounded like a demo this is like their major label debut <laughs> you know um it's still rough i feel like i feel like i feel like the guitars are heavier the vocals are punchier the 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 drums are incredible uh, <laughs> this this is one of those records where everybody really stopped and started paying attention like oh this band war of ages what what label are they signed on and i remember actually thinking that they were a solid state band for some reason uh just because their stuff was so clean and whenever i thought about face down i just think of like hardcore bands like seventh star exactly yeah yeah and they came out at a time when face down was still very much considered like a hardcore hardcore punk label and war of ages kind of came in maybe as like the underdogs on the metal but this album like i don't know i have a reputation in that circle uh only like in like the heavy music i'm always the guy that likes the, like the first album or the first and second album and a lot of that could be production value like you were saying i like the raw sound of it mm-hmm. this album is hands down my favorite war of ages album and it comes from it's still raw enough that um it catches me the you're already talking about the guitar um and leroy's vocals but on this one especially the gang vocals man I'm a hardcore kid at heart. I'm not, I was never really as huge into metal. Definitely more of a hardcore kid. And the gang vocals, like the start of Strength Within, where he's like, show me your strength. Like that just gets my blood pumping so fast and so hard. Uh, throughout this whole album, they have so many moments like that that they kind of lose later on. But uh, that's one thing about War of Ages that I like compared to other metalcore bands. When I think of hardcore and metalcore themes, I think of 
bro and beat down and everybody's gonna kick everyone else's ass and we're all gonna slam dance and stomp through the pit and high step and fucking hardcore dancing if that's what you want to call it even though it's just swinging your arms doing fake karate but when I think of War of Ages, it's not we're going to fight everyone in this room. It's this is a battle and we're going to fight everybody else. They take that theme up a notch. And I don't know a lot of metalcore bands that do that. It's like in uh, it's like in the Lord of the Rings uh, Return of the King where they're all losing the battle out there on the Gondor fields and then the army of the undead shows up. That army is War of Ages. <laughs> you know, um, I love it. I love that's it. That's the that's the feeling that they instill on me because like this record just I don't know it hits it hits very powerfully. Like they they come in full force and I don't know if it's a production trick or if it's just them. I I, I can't figure it out. But there's always this epic feel and this is the first record that they really started to develop the war of ages sound or if you want a more negative turn formula you know like they this is this is the like everything drops out but the breakdown and and leroy's voice and uh i don't know like they, they're so breakdown heavy on this record but like the war of ages breakdown I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Like the breakdown is effective, but like how they'll just come in with some like noodly lead guitar part right afterwards to like alleviate it. I, I don't know. Like yeah. that's just like something that I've noticed that they do that I don't hear a lot of other bands do. And I think that's really overall what contributes to the epic feel of some of the songs and the gang vocals for sure. Well, like even now, like album came out in 2006 and it's weird to say it's refreshing but that, that's like exactly how i feel about it <clears throat> this came out well one i mean just let's talk about the album cover like definitely oh judge the book by on this one i remember this came out in 2006 i was in lancaster pennsylvania at the time so i was just like bombarded metalcore especially christian metalcore with like august burns red texas in july you know this or the apocalypse was coming out there was just metalcore coming out of my ears and then my drummer had this album in his back pocket and his backpack and he showed me and I was like, what dude, this album cover is insane. Who is this band? And he put it on and just from the very beginning with Guide for the Helpless and then you're saying the the, the breakdowns, the, 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 the gang chants, it just sounded so refreshing from everything else that overly noodly guitars, overly, you know, tremolo picking, everything that metalcore was back in 2007 to 2008. War of Ages just had that heavier hardcore vibe with still like just Steve laying down insane riffs and guitar leads on top. Yeah, I mean, the lead guitar work is very above average uh, for this band in comparison to their contemporaries. Um, and they're not overly technical. And that the, that's the thing that actually draws me more to them is that like they're not like up their own butt as far as like trying to be the most technical band on earth. Like, let's play this in a crazy time signature. They write songs. And it's more of a benefit and kind of shows how this band had as much of appeal as they did was because these songs are catchy. You remember the melodies. You remember what's being played. One of my biggest complaints about metalcore is you can listen to a whole album by a band. Like, for instance, uh, Azalea Dying Shadows or Security Record. Great record. All the songs sound the same. Thank like, you. it's it's Agreed. one good it's one good song. Agreed. You know? But... Um, but with War of Ages, every song kind of has its, has its own theme. Um, well, on Pride of the Wicked, anyway, we'll get to yeah, especially stuff, in the earlier stuff for sure. Yeah, yeah, like every song had its own identity. And um, again, Leroy's vocals, you know, are awesome in the sense that he is understandable. He's in your face. He's energetic. 
and you mix that energy with the clean with well, they're not really clean vocals but like the spoken word parts it's really just more like shouting you know <laughs> and um i always like that because that they use that almost as like a substitute for clean vocals you know and yeah. uh but for whatever reason like the hardcore fan in me is like yeah i'd rather just hear this dude yelling it you know instead of like because you guys know how it is you go see a band they're all like brutal 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 and then see demon hunter um i was gonna say it, devil wears prada like their first yeah. two albums yeah it takes you out of it you know it takes you out of it whereas you know they they kind of took a play from kill switch engages book where it's like well why don't we just yell something you know o- over some of these more epic parts and uh war of ages really kind of does it better because uh kill switch sometimes gets a little too buried in the singing you know and uh, the early war of ages stuff i kind of appreciated that it was basically super melodic but basically devoid of clean vocals it kind of reminds me and you might hate me for making this uh um, comparison, but when I first heard Pride of the Wicked, I compared it a lot to Life in Your Way, <clears throat> where it's very, Life in Your Way is way more poor, but it's very, very heavy, um, but every song just has an uplifting feeling, even without knowing the lyrics or reading the lyrics. Just the music itself, it feels very, like, triumphant. It's not, like, dark and moody, like, you know, that epic sound, but, like, almost in, like, major key. It's just, like, you listen to it, you just feel uplifting. Yeah, I mean, it's it's an, it's a battle, but you're winning the battle. Exactly. You know, you're that, you're that op- overpowered, you know... <laughs> doom slayer in the middle of a bunch of demons you know it's uh it's definitely a unique feeling because so many bands were trying to just one-up the moodiness of other bands i'm sorry that we're only comparing them to other bands but it's just it's one of the consequences of metalcore because it all sounded like this kinda yeah Yeah, it was the same genre you know (laughs) and and i think that's important but i also think it's important that you know because one of the questions that i get asked that i was asked you know about this episode was what are you even going to talk about about war of ages and you know do you think that they're really interesting enough to stand on their own and i'm going to go ahead and say that they do because again there's so many bands if you just type in metalcore into youtube and listen to a playlist probably 70 to 75 percent of the bands especially from this era you're not going to be able to tell them apart and war of ages is one of the fewer it's like okay this is a little bit more metal uh like like the the actual guitar melodies aren't oh look at me i can play melodic gothenburg style riffs it's more like okay i'm gonna write this riff because it works best for the song and i'm gonna throw this lead over it and it's gonna be part of the melody of the song so like there's actual composition i guess is what i'm trying to say here yeah like and that's you you can you can hear that quality through the playing and that, that, that there's a passion for it agreed 2007 fire from the tomb. Oh, you mean the War of Ages self-titled? The greatest cause of atheism in the world today. <laughs> <laughs> I had to bring it up. Uh, okay. Um, it's a great, great sound bite. It works, but I, I will go on record saying that DC Talk used it better. Sorry, guys. <clears throat> I mean, those freaks. Fire from the Tomb was obviously the result of a band that was dissatisfied with the way that their debut album sounded. Accidental snare hits. Accidental snare hits. Uh, there's not a whole lot of this, uh, a whole lot of that on Fire from the Tomb. But essentially, Fire from the Tomb is the self-titled album, re- completely re-recorded from the ground up, and uh, they added an extra song in there too. And uh, was it one or song or two songs? It was just, just one. one. The Awakening. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> they threw it right in the middle. Uh, 
But yeah, so I mean, if you liked the first album, you're going to like this album because they're the same album. But um, personally, I kind of like the self-titled more um, just because it has that debut album feel. This is a more experienced band coming in and giving the best treatment to their old songs that they can give. But uh, there's certain parts of it that I almost feel like are more mechanical and not necessarily as heartfelt as what they were on the debut. Um, but I think a lot of that comes from the fact that I heard those songs first in that format first. And with Fire from the Tomb, if you didn't know any better, it just sounds like a new War of Ages album, you know? So it's funny because, like, I was the opposite. I heard Pride of the Wicked first. And I don't think I heard self-titled until, like, after Rise and Conquer or, like, after Eternal. So I definitely heard Fire from the Tomb, and I might not have even noticed that it was a re-recording of any, only because I think this album is a little bit metal side than Arise and Conquer, or sorry, Pride of the Wicked was in like the hardcore side. So hearing yeah. this, to me, it seems like a natural evolution of like, all right, Pride of the Wicked is, is metalcore heavy on the core, and from Fire on the Tomb onward through the rest of their career, it's metalcore heavier on the metal. And that's why um, I never realized that it was a re-recording. So going back and listening to it, I definitely appreciate the rawness of the first one. You know, like the Chariots Out first album is my favorite because of the rawness. I'll say the same with this. But everything is objectively better with Fire of the Tomb from a production standpoint, from just the way everything clicks in from no accidental snare hits, except for one small detail that gets me every time I listen to this, and that's the hi-hat. The hi-hat on this album for some reason, for years I thought it was my headphones or like my mix, whatever copy I But after talking to you last night, I guess it's not just me. No, you can definitely hear it. And it's just, I don't know, man. It's like being stabbed in the ears with little pins. <laughs> I don't really know how to, how to describe it. I had a very similar complaint uh, about Zayo's uh, Awake album. Having having that like everything's great, but like if you start focusing in on that hi hat, it becomes all you can hear. Once you and, notice it, you can't not hear it on every song. Oh my song. goodness! Yeah, it's so frustrating. And like, I'm not usually that picky. Well, you know, I'm pretty picky, but really? like, not about not about <laughs> stuff, not about stuff like that. You know, like I I don't like Joe's more likely to notice something like that than I am, um, or I might notice it but not really know how to describe it. But uh, yeah, like it's. This is the result of a record that's like so clean sounding <laughs> that you 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 sometimes hear like the glaring ring outs and the you know like just stuff that I, I don't know like I don't really know what I'm talking about as far as production goes I'll go on record and say that but um, it's it's hard to listen to for me whenever I'm paying attention but sometimes I can still listen and not notice it I don't think War of Ages ever put out a bad album there's some albums that I like a little bit better I don't think Face Down's ever put out a bad album. Um, so if we're sitting here kind of complaining about the hi-hat, that's kind of flee, like a test. Flee the, flee the scene. Sorry. Oh, I love, dude, I love that album. Don't. I love that album. <laughs> but, um, okay. the, you know, for for uh, for us to be complaining about, like, the mix of the hi-hat, that's like a testament to just their consistency, you know? Yeah, um, I'm, really, I'm really reaching for stuff to complain about. We're looking, man. We, we have to say something negative, you know? But like songs like Stand Your Ground and like Battle On, I don't think they play Battle On live. That song is just so friggin' badass. I love oh, that. Yeah. For me, it's fun to listen to the record because, like you said, it's a band who was not satisfied with their first record. 
but I think this was more of a Zayo situation where somebody wanted a record right after Pride of the Wicked, and the solution was, let's re-record our first album because nobody has that, and then we can put more time into it and clean it up and make it sound like War of Ages in 2007. You're not going to be as satisfied listening to it if you're a fan of the first record because sometimes the mistakes are okay. Let's talk about recording in the early to mid-2000s. Everybody could do it on a laptop, so they spent a lot of time cleaning it up and making it sound absolutely fucking perfect. And as soon as you take out the humanity in the recording, you start to hear the robotic tendencies. And whoever mixed the record probably made the best decisions they could in 2007. I'm pretty sure at that point we were mixing records with mp3s in mind because everybody assumed you were going to rip that cd and put it on your ipod it is what it is but it's the first record again and between the two if i could find the self-titled i think i'd have more fun listening to it but since i can't find that fire from the tomb is what i have fair enough 2008 arise and conquer i mean all-consuming fire burn i mean what else is there to say? It's like literally the best way to start an album I've heard in a long, <laughs> long time. Like for me, it's right up there with Zayo's once again to strive. You know, like it's um, th- this is like if you needed if you needed to describe War of Ages to somebody in, in three seconds, those are the three seconds that you play. You get everything. I mean, like you get Leroy screaming, all yeah. oh, consuming fire burn. It's like heavy, heavy, heavy breakdown, breakdown. And then you get this like insane doubled guitar lead. And each lead. Like it's like it's like a mini bite sized War of Ages. But then you have a whole album after that. But this first song, like all consuming, like it's only like like minutes, a little over four minutes long. It just feels like it never ends because every time you feel like it ends, they're going to come in with another like all consuming fire burn, like gang chant. And that's mm-hmm. why. So it's the best intro to any song, uh, to any album ever, like one of the best. But then like every time I've seen them, for the most part, they finish with All Consuming Fire. So this last time we saw them, they ended out, you know, night one of Face Down Fat. Of course, they end with All Consuming Fire. Crowd goes nuts. Everyone's bum rushing the stage. And then you kind of hear like a few whimpered like encore chants, like one more song, two more songs. But like everyone knew that it wasn't going to happen because they just played All Consuming Fire. This is like their Memphis Be Laid the Waste. This is their like Rain and Blood. This is their song that like everyone comes to the War of Ages show. They could have just came out and played it again. <laughs> everyone would be so happy. <laughs> Extended it by like 15 minutes. Be like Michael Flatley in fucking Riverdance where he brings the whole crew out and they just do that one dance thing like seven or eight times at the end of the show. How many times is War of Ages going to play All Consuming Fire tonight? Till the people pack up, go home. <laughs> it's an absolute it's an absolute barn burner, man. Like it really is. And you know, and that's just the first song, you know, and pretty much everything we've said about the band up to this point applies, except for the fact that I feel like this is where the hardcore elements kind of start to fade out a little bit and the band goes more in a in a metal focus like you start marketing themselves more as a metal band and um you know you get you get more you get more soloy stuff more tremolo picking more um more just more guitar leads overall man just leads everywhere you look and solos and you know it just doesn't it doesn't break away from metalcore but they're definitely not trying to appeal to the hardcore kids anymore. They're they're trying to go general market metal. Yeah, this is when they start kind of like putting their foot in the sand. They start moving like metalcore, uh, metal heavy metalcore. 
and it kind of grows with each album. A Rising Con, sorry, Return to Life has a little bit more of a hardcore element to it than Eternal. Yeah. But this is the first one where they're like, yeah, let's step away from, you know, there's not as many gang chants in this one. Leroy's vocals are a little bit more on the metal side. He kind of like steers away from the hardcore element, but you can still hear and understand every word he says. And he can throughout his career, which just sets him apart as a friend. Absolutely. Enunciation is important. I want to understand what you're saying, not have to read the lyric sheet. Yeah, and you definitely can. It might take a couple of, of repeated listens, but because, you know, most of the time you're just too busy headbanging to care. Um, Absolutely. It's all about the fucking riffs. Uh, probably one of my favorite songs on this record is Through the Flames. Um, just the way it starts off, it almost sounds like an Amon Amarth song. <laughs> like, yeah. just It comes in so heavy, and this is where I kind of started to feel like the band sounded how their album covers looked you know it's it's not so much that the old albums didn't invoke that feeling but like this this one really did and again to to mention the cover artwork it's like a warrior like stabbing a t-rex in the face okay it's not a t-rex i know it's a dragon it has wings but it looks like a t-rex's head so i'm just gonna say (laughs) it was a dude stabbing a t-rex through the throat okay and like uh this the the gang chant um, the ga- the gang chorus basically on Through the Flames is like worth the price of admission alone. Um, Absolutely. This is where they took the gang vocals and somehow made them less hardcore and more metal. But I guess it does still have a little bit of that hardcore sing-along. Um, and this was this was kind of the last War of Ages album that was like mostly, as far as I know, like devoid of clean vocals. Like they, they yelled and they kind of talked their way through some chorus type stuff, but there was still no clean singing. You know, it was still rough and heavy is that the hardcore that the band was rooted in you get the talking vocals with the screaming not so much the metal singing or even the yelling i guess the yelling's part of it too yeah it's definitely that hardcore influence with the uh the the yelling and and the talking through it maybe uh you might say a little bit of rap rock influence but um but (laughs) this is uh this is definitely the f- when they really start to formulate that War of Ages sound that um, that's just akin to, to to who they are. I also think Tim Lambesis might have helped produce the re-recording for Fire of the Tomb, but he definitely produced this one, which is which is kind of cool because he did a couple albums by then we were talking about, and you definitely hear the more metal come out of it on this and then into the next couple. Um, yeah, they're definitely pushing in that direction, and this is probably uh, this is probably my favorite one um i really like the self-title a lot though but it's kind of lame to be like oh yeah the you know my favorite's the first one you know um this is this is definitely a little bit more representative of how the band sounds overall um but i do feel like there was a distinct turn but like i said this record was a little bit more general market in the sense that like the songs actually had defined choruses uh, even though they didn't, they weren't clean vocals, you know, or they weren't using like a lot of the tricks that bands use. Um, this was the first album that I really felt like they they went into the more traditional song structures. They're gonna get it past you because you're still into the riffs, you're still into the solos and everything. It's gonna be a little bit more evident the direction that they were going in whenever we get to Eternal, 2010. Oh, where do we begin with Eternal? Um, it goes on forever. No. It's actually 30 minutes. It's fairly brief. War of Ages is never in the business of wasting too much of your time. Um, I remember being really shocked by this record. Uh, I bought it at a Target, (laughs) believe it or not. 
it was like a Target or a Walmart or something. And I didn't even know that War of Ages had a new album out, really. Um, I just happened to see it. And of course, it had great cover artwork. I think I was like, I was either into Oblivion or Skyrim that year. Um, and, you know, the cover artwork definitely, you know, rang with me. And uh, But I wasn't really prepared for how it was going to sound. Because, like, Collapse comes on. And it sounds like a softer band is, like, featuring Leroy on, like, guest vocals. <laughs> was the impression that yeah. I got. I was like, what is going on here? Like, it, it starts off clean singing. And um, I don't know. It's just got that, like, I don't know, like, faux epic, you know, so like, comes in, like, really melodic, this dude singing, and then Leroy starts screaming. And, you know, pretty much, like... I don't know, like a minute into the song is whenever it really starts kicking off and then starts sounding like War of Ages again. Yeah, is that like kind of like that slow build up? But um, this is like the first time where they like Leroy shows his like clean singing chops in a big way and like super like like way more often on this record um, kind of comes out of nowhere. But I didn't listen to it when it first came out. I was kind of like I was in college. I was doing my folk rock, my indie rock, you know, phase at that point, and then came back into heavy music and had to backtrack and like pick up on all these other War of Ages albums. So when th- when I got to this, I uh, I was like, I wasn't feeling it at first. I think maybe it was just my my proneness of you know, oh, they got way too many cleans, so I'm not gonna really pay attention to this. But then I feel the more you, I listen, yeah, I know you do, <laughs> I know you do. But the more I listened to it, man, I was. Like, you know, one Leroy can actually sing, you know, and 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 he he gets it done. And the songs on on this one are are, are a little bit more catchy than uh, Arise and Conquer are, and Pride of the Wicked, obviously, on the metal side. And it, it brought me back into it. Uh, forgive my ignorance, but I didn't know that that was Leroy singing. It might not be. I might get called out on that one again. Okay, I was gonna say. <laughs> it, and and honestly, though, my ignorance only comes from the fact that like. I don't know. It just doesn't sound like him singing uh, in the sense that like a lot of bands at this time, you know, usually it'd have like the guitar player or bass player or somebody do the cleans. Um, but I could be totally wrong. He could have laid down all those vocals himself. I, I really don't know. Um, you know, hopefully if, if everyone on stage has a microphone when they play the song and well, cause you got to have those gang gang chants. Gotta have them, man. But I mean, it's also, it's also late and I worked all day. So my brain's a little it. fuzzy. Totally fine. The discussion begins and ends with the vo- clean vocals are there. And it's the first time we've heard this with War of Ages. Um, and they, I don't think that they really overdo it, um, you know, because you kick right into Desire uh, featuring Tim Lambesis, and it's like Tim and Leroy like trading off. Uh, and it sounds awesome. Like, I'll say it. Like, this is before the stigma. This is before, you know, everything was weird. So, yeah, like yeah. that year, I was excited to hear Tim on that song, you know, and. Uh, but yeah, you're definitely hitting on like there. There's a lot more. Um, there's a lot more chorus. There's a lot more like general market stuff, and I'm totally fine with that. Like I don't, I don't fault the band uh, for <clears throat> using more traditional song structures. Um, this was, I believe, the very first War of Ages record that charted. Um, was it like you are correct? Yeah, 179. You know, mm-hmm. so I mean, they were obviously doing something right. Like they they knew that this was going to appeal to the general audience more than maybe, you know, because in order to like War of Ages through Rise and Conquer, you have to at least be familiar with and like metalcore. This is a little bit more of like a gateway record. If you weren't like totally sold on heavy music yet, you could listen to Eternal and maybe get into it off of that, you know, because it's a little bit more extreme than maybe 
you know, stuff that was on the radio, but it was melodic enough and chorusy enough uh, to to get people interested. But what I like about it too, though, is they they were able to still do this while still sounding like War of Ages, you know, because um, like you look at a band like Demon Hunter that you know could be described as a band that is also a gateway band. Um, War of Ages didn't start as a gateway band like Demon Hunter did, so their music is still more complex than some of those other gateway bands out there. So like. I feel like it was kind of a double hitter in that they were able to appeal to their existing fan base. I don't think anybody like hated this as soon as they heard it, if they were a fan of the old albums. Um, but I also think people that never heard the band before, this was like actually a really good jumping on point, uh, yeah, despite like some of the weirdness. Well received. Yeah. It seems like it was pretty well received. It's, it's their cleanest record to date, like from a production standpoint. Like it's clean, it's polished, it's smooth. Like you were saying, the choruses, they're catchy. Um, they have Tim's on it on the title track. They bring in Sonny from POD. If you want to talk about like general market, they're bringing in like a huge, you know, front man from, you know, the kind of broke from the Christian scene to the secular and, and survived and lived to tell about it for a, for a little bit. Um, bringing him on the record, getting some of that more rap rock. See, rap rock's all over War of Ages. I'm not going to let them. <laughs> you're not gonna let that die. You're just gonna. I'm not gonna. That's. A, I'm gonna die on that hill. A hill that that's, die. That's the hill that you're gonna die upon. Okay, got it. <laughs> this is 2010. Is it fair to say that mainstream metalcore had fully transitioned into the kill switch engage style of I'm gonna sing the chorus, I'm gonna scream the verses, but I'm not just going to sing the choruses. I'm going to really sing the choruses. So the melodic vocals are an expectation at this point. It's more mainstream for War of Ages, but they still pull it off. They pull it off because, you know, I mean, some of the songs, the clean vocals were used as the chorus, but not all. Every song doesn't have your, you know, Demon Hunter clean chorus and, and rough verse. You know, they, they kind of throw stuff in a little bit more sparingly. But I guess one thing that, that really makes this stand apart is they, they were able to do this without really sacrificing their heaviness. Like whenever they still whenever they go full bore, they still go full bore. You know what I mean? There, there's no there's no holding back. The only thing that you could say is held back is the production quality is so clean that maybe it doesn't sound sound as raw as maybe a band like this should sound. Um, but I mean that's just that's the metalcore market in twenty ten. I mean, what do you what do you want me to do? You know, like the, this is what they're gonna sound like. So like metalcore as a whole kind of veered away from kind of like the beat down sound of it and the, the the beat down ground and pound and more into this clean sound. When you're listening to it, it's still very much War of Ages. It's not just a clean metal album, a really sick Dave Quiggle uh, art piece put on the front cover. Like it's still War of Ages. It's still Leroy. It's still Steve on guitar. Like you can hear those uh, those traditional sounds come out of it just with a little bit more cleans. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I think this was definitely a landmark for them as far as their success and you know their success also can't just be chalked up to oh well we just got a little bit cleaner on this one um they were touring like non-stop man like they they were bringing war of ages to the masses five records um, in five years and they basically never stopped touring yeah. i think we can say they earned it and leave it at that yeah they, they earned having sunny from pod on it you know on a track and, <laughs> Um, I thought that was, to be honest, that I, Sonny's guest vocal on that just always throws me off. Like, it just doesn't, like, I, in a certain sense, it sounds cool, but I just don't feel like it should be there. I don't know. That's just, like, my opinion, man. 2012. 
return to life. Were we dead at some point? Oh, wait, they were the army of the undead, right? So this is where they yeah, come back. The, okay. the fields of Gondor. The okay. where we return. Are they Got evil it. ash or good ash? Uh, they're probably good ash, I would say. Um, just, you know, based on their lyrics and imagery and you know, <laughs> all of that. Uh, so return to life, but the first track is immortal. Right. I'm starting to get some mixed messages here, guys. You guys, you guys got to think about these things before you just throw them out there. <laughs> Again, uh, we're uh, we're trying to strain in uh, to find something something negative. There's there's absolutely nothing wrong with Return to Life. The only issue I have with it, really, we're reaching the point now where it's like it's another War of Ages album, and that's all it is. <laughs> you know, like it's um, if it hadn't happened bad. already, it was going to happen eventually, and. This is where you just listen to the record, and it's War of Ages for 43 minutes, roughly. Yeah. 36, yeah. So they got, like, um, like it's not copy-paste. Like, it's definitely when you listen to it, it's like, okay, this is definitely Return to Life. Um, like, Fallen Idol is probably my favorite song on this album. So it still has, like, those standout tracks. Um, it has that, like, uh, that, that sweet, like, minute-long acoustic guitar like halfway yeah. through the album and kind of break it up a little bit. So they they did do some different things, but it's kind of like a grown like, you know, they were still War of Ages, they were still doing exactly what they did to get them to this point. It wasn't a huge step in any different direction to set it apart from anything they've done. But at the same time, do you really have to when it's War of Ages and what you do just sounds so great and it fit? Um, don't fix what's not broken and that's kind of why, why I feel about this record. Don't fix what's not broken. Yeah, for sure like it's one of those like i can nitpick it for not being the most original record in the world but at the same time it still kind of is like everything that we've said about war of ages up to this point is still true on this record <laughs> you know um it's just that like especially listening to all of it in one week like i said i had this is the first time i've ever just like had a war of ages marathon you know and listened to everything you know, and it was epic as fuck wasn't it <laughs> for the most for the most part it was yes uh and like I said, I, I really didn't ever have any real problems with it. It's just that I kind of... So there, there, there's fan of the band Dan, and then there's music critic Dan. Fan of the band Dan says, great, keep it up. Because, you know, in a certain sense, a lot of bands that played this style were kind of trying to move away from this style around this time, like 2012, you know. Um, if you go heavier, you're like firmly rooted in deathcore territory, mm -hmm. you know. Um, if you go softer, then you're a sellout piece of crap, which, I mean, they kind of went softer, but not really. They added softer elements without actually going soft, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, like, they didn't really, like, sell out in the traditional sense or anything like that. They added some clean choruses, but they did that on the last album, so it's nothing new, you know? Mm -hmm. But um, I give them props for staying metalcore when it would have been really easy for them to jump on some other bandwagon. And this is, you know, the test of time is how you find out if a band you like is trendy or not. And you start realizing that this just is War of Ages. There, there's no trendiness. There's no deception. There's no like we're going to we're going to change to try to sell records or we're going to, you know, because I don't really think adding melodic elements is the same thing as changing. No, because you'd have to change in order to like we'd have to have a record of like all clean vocals and like tons of acoustic guitars for me to be like War of Ages is a total sellout band, you know. It just felt weird even saying that. Nobody would ever say that, you know? Um, but yeah, Return to the Life, Return to the Life, Return to Life is a record that I can listen to and enjoy. It's just overshadowed by records that I have stronger personal feelings for. 
Yeah, it's not at the top of my favorite War of Ages album, but you know, one, when I listen to War of Ages, most of the time it's just me putting on War of Ages, their entire discography and just hitting shuffle to be and just just right. blowing through their songs, you know. Um, and when these songs come in, it's not like that I'm that I'm skipping over the tracks. I'm not hitting next, next, next. Um, I'm still I'm still jamming to it, but um yeah, I'm not gonna say more of the same. I'm gonna say consistent. There you go. 2014 Supreme chaos i really like this one i know um me and david might have some disagreements on this one but uh i I found this one to actually be kind of refreshing because it sounds markedly different than a lot of other war of ages albums the biggest difference is obviously the heavy use of electronics um which on one hand kind of takes you out of the whole epic metal feel about it because for whatever reason when you add electronics to metal you have to like really know what you're doing or else people are like you lose metal fans (laughs) on on stuff like that yeah basically that's 100 percent the case i think we can blame dubstep for the electronics because what was the reason to add a keyboardist and a vocoder to war of fucking ages (laughs) oh man Joe's uh, taking, really a, taking Joe. a stand I, with every know, breath and all that he is. I don't dislike the record. <laughs> it's entertaining, what? but what's the fucking point? I want to be in on the conversation between 2012 and 2014 where somebody said, you know what we're going to do on this record, guys? Vocoder and keyboards. And we're just going to add in a shit ton of atmosphere. It was modern metal that I hate before modern metal was popular. War of Ages is the reason I'm not going to say that, guys, but I really want to. <laughs> <laughs> but they but okay, so what you're saying is that they that they were the forerunners of that? Is that what you're saying? I think they were trying to add something to their music that was being used differently by other bands, dubstep basically. Uh, you're a plea for purging type bands were already using electronics at that point, but they were using it to enhance the depth of what was otherwise an extremely detuned heavy metal record. But what War of Ages did with it kind of preceded the trends that you're asking Alexandria's would do years later. They just played the same melodic heavy metal and added electronics to it, which made it sound semi-artificial, but they didn't take it to the extreme of, we're going to overdub every fucking hit. So I've already, I've already made the case that, you know, I'm the meathead that, you know, the more clean singing, the more electronics that go into the album, the less I'm probably going to like it. And that was the case when Supreme Chaos came out. Because I was already back into the heavy music scene, uh, Supreme Chaos dropped. Super excited for another War of Ages album. And then the opening track uh, from Ashes with that kind of that electronic feel in the beginning kind of threw me off. <clears throat> Still love the songs. It's a great metal album, but I didn't fully appreciate it again until I saw them play these songs live. And then, Joe, that atmosphere, like you were saying, trans so well in a live setting that going back and listening to the record, I, it, it, I got it and it made sense to me. I actually hated this record when it came out. <laughs> For a lot of the similar reasons, so like, oh my god, what is this? What are they doing? You know, 
but I mean, this is 2020. This is the post NF episode, Dan. Uh, and I actually really enjoyed uh, hearing those electronics, especially especially with as much War of Ages as I listened to at one time. I listened to the discography three times to do this episode, nice. which is unusual. Most times you're lucky if you get like one full playthrough. But in this case, I don't want to say I got bored, but, you know, when you can listen to their whole discography in an eight hour workday, you know, I listen to it and I'm like, wow, this is great. This is great. And what I'm trying, the reason I'm listening that many times in a row is trying to find what makes each album unique. Mm -hmm. This record goes out of its way to try to break out of what we were complaining about, about the previous record where we're like, Mm -hmm. oh, because like Mm -hmm. we felt it. We felt like, oh, great. They're just, it's another War of Ages album. That had to have been the mindset going into this was like, how do we make this not just sound like what we've done before? How do we, how do we expand it out? Um, One down note is the, uh, I think there's just way too many cleans on this record. Um, I feel like we're getting to a point where if Leroy is not the one singing the cleans, what is he even doing, <laughs> you know, um, on stage? That's why I thought it was him, man. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wonder that as well. But I again, we'll just have to have Leroy on the podcast sometime, and he can he can tell us how no, dumb we are. I'm gonna get blown up the second you guys drop this this uh, episode of all the things that I said wrong. Send oh, all fine. of your hate mail to David at. <laughs> Good, because I'm sending the. It. If I wasn't the hardcore kid before recording this, I'm definitely a kid now. <laughs> I'm right. showing my true colors. Hey, it happens. There's just a lot of lot of cleans on this record, and I'm not upset about that. But uh, I'm not like super stoked about it either. Um, but I mean, it was a good record for him and uh, yeah. kept him kept him relevant again. War of Ages by 2014 is a band from 2005 that's still relevant. That's playing metalcore, kind of not too common. And at this point, they put out an album at least years if you don't count. Uh, Fire the Tomb as like in between 2006, 2008, but they're putting out an album consistently every other year. Um, yeah. That's while touring like insane and then having their own lives on the side. It's uh, it's pretty. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 2017 Alpha. Is anybody disappointed that the next album wasn't called Omega? I was waiting for it. That would have been pretty cliche, I think. <laughs> Went a demon hunter route there. <laughs> it's a double album. You guys should buy like you should pay whatever it would cost for like three vinyl for the two vinyl. Sorry. Yeah, I mean we are. It's 2017, so we're in that era now. Um, I think I actually got this record as part of my um, Face Down Records, like 30 bucks for 30 albums. 30 for 30, uh, baby. 30 for 30, that. man. Joe and I both got it. We did an unboxing video. Um, so if anybody goes back and watches that, they'd be like, you did not get this record through that, but. I definitely got the last one uh, in there. I got a whole bunch of War of Ages. Like it, 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 it filled out my War of Ages collection. Like Perfect. I went from only having like three or four records to having all of them. <laughs> so you know, thanks for that face down. But um, this record's interesting because I feel like this was this was about as far as they could go with their newer like post Eternal sound. Um, a lot of cleans. A lot of cleans and um i'll just leave it at that there's a lot of cleans um the songs try really hard to be dynamic go from different moods um they actually get a little broody in places on this record which they nor- normally do uh so that was kind of new and different um i think that they're throwing a lot of stuff at the wall right now and trying to figure out like how do we continue to be us without repeating ourselves over and over and over again yeah i think it's a i think it's a good record um at- 
one thing I noticed that like almost every soft record until you get to like the last two or three starts out really soft and really like super quiet and like mellow and then it builds into like that war of ages sound that's it's something a little funny that I know. but joe you're probably the, the person to ask about this what was the recording atmosphere like in 2017 when this album came out because i just the songs are great i like them it's definitely war of ages but everything across the board just feels a little bit more flat than war of ages in the past the bass isn't bass you know the treble's not as punchier um everything just kind of seems a little bit more level than what we've heard so definitely in the heyday of digital both engineers and artists who recorded independently had better tools and in some cases not better tools i'm not going to get into the subject of whether or not you should be using a modeling device when recording or if an amp is better because in some cases and metal is one of those cases it doesn't always matter but we started to get more of the people just started to add dynamics back into the music we had many years of everything just cranked as loud as it could possibly be I don't know when the loudness war ended, but this is 2017. This is the heyday of YouTube and independent creators. And the going trend was, if you don't mix your shit with Dynamics, YouTube is going to mix it down for you. To this day, if you upload a loud video to YouTube, it's going to get turned down. No matter how loud you try to be, to make more noise than the other artist, you lose because it's going to get turned down. Everybody's listening to their music online. We started to pay for streaming services. It's a great day if you're a fan of music, especially heavy metal. So everybody was kind of put on an equal playing field. And because of that, they started to pay more attention to dynamics and adding depth back into the music. I think with this type of metal, it was becoming less degent and it was starting to transition into the modern metal of the past year and a half, two years. So this might be an example of a record at the peak of digital recording in the mid-20-teens. This is right before we started to get the firepower from Judas Priest and the Coffin Train from Diamond Head. It was a good year because we all started to take our heads out of our asses. This was also, you know, right before the vinyl boom started hitting again or maybe it was probably the same time this is about when we started the podcast 2017 absolutely and um you know it was definitely uh it it does sound flat there's really no other other way to say it it sounds flat it doesn't sound lifeless but it's for war of ages it kind of does um and again i don't think this is their fault i think they just went into a studio recorded an album and put it out business as usual um, but I also think that's kind of what hurts it too, in, in the sense that again, we're we're reaching the point where we're like, you know, they're they're trying new things, but it seems like they're they're falling back into the um, let let's rely on the chorus, let's you know, let's throw some clean vocals in there, throw a couple of breakdowns, got to throw the heavy parts in for the old fans, and um, it just didn't seem like it was recorded with as much maybe as much love as some of the previous albums and yeah, i mean at this point too we've had lineup changes you know we, we we've essentially got a different band than what we started with we still have leroy but you know for a band that toured as much as they did like lineup changes are you know expected at this point so i mean i'm not i can't bash the record 
because it's not a bad record, but they have better records than this, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I think it's, it's a foreshadowing. Play. Yeah. It's a, you know, it's not a bad record. They don't, I don't think they kind of like sit on their haunches and realize what Vages was as much, at least not in my opinion. I think that they're trying to find out what War of Ages is going to be. And if this was the last album that War of Ages put out, then yeah, maybe I would be a little bit disappointed because you can see, you can kind of see where they're going, but they quite get there on this album until uh, what they drop. Are we ready for Void? I gave you the perfect segue. 2019. This is like a, no pun intended, kind of a come to Jesus moment uh, with a band like this. Again, you know, we talked about how there may have been some struggle in, you know, how do we do something different? This sounds unlike pretty much most of the other War of Ages albums in the sense that it's not a return to life. <laughs> it's not a return to the glory days. This is a band being like, we're going to we're gonna write songs with a fresh perspective and we're going to do it right. Like the composition, we're going we're gonna to approach the composition different. We're going to throw the formula out the window and we're going to record an album that we are personally proud of that's going to be diverse and we're not going to rely on our bag of tricks that we started the band with. This is totally different territory for them. That's a totally different band. Like at mm-hmm. this point, it's it's Leroy, it's Steve, you know, and then, you know, we were talking about it earlier. This is a, this is like a face down super group because you have guys representing obviously War of Ages, but then, you know, Flesh Killer and The Burial and Hope for the Dying. This is like, you know, take all the some of the biggest bands in face down records metal and throw them inside War of Age and see what happens. And they put out, you know, Pride of the Wicked, maybe if I take the nostalgia out of it, this might be my favorite War of Ages album because it has a little bit of everything for everyone. You know, it has, it opens up with kind of like Leroy, I hate to say it again, sorry, but like, well, I'll say his rhythmic delivery of lyrics in the uh, in the opening line, I won't say rapper, um, but it it's works. kind of rappy. It's kind of rappy. Kind of rappy. <laughs> it threw me off at first, especially for the opening, and then immediately kicks into War of Ages, and it's heavy as hell. And then you get some of that degent, as Joe says, you, uh, great blast beats throughout this album. Um, the solos are some of the best that they've ever written, and it all works. And then you, but then you still get the catchy choruses. You still get the cleans that are awesome to sing along to. I wish there would be a little more gang vocals to kind of bring everything together. But this is, I think, exactly where War of Ages wanted to get to. And I'm so glad they arrived. And it might be my favorite album by them. Nostalgia excluded. I will not say that War of Ages is a technical band. But they have multiple instances along the way where if they wanted to do a Between the Buried and Me style chaos time signatures and just technical metal record i believe they could do it there has to be something in their mindset and in their mentality that they want to do songs but they have multiple opportunities where they could go fully technical and all of the technical fans would call them technical death metal and we'd all love it it would just be why is this still called war of ages so it would be hope for the dying with leroy on vocals there you go. Um, Anybody going to complain about that? Nobody. Nobody. No, we nobody. are a pro. We are a pro hope for the dying podcast. So, amen. Um, amen. But, you know, I think this was just the breath of fresh air that they needed. And I think that, you know, they'd had new players on the previous two records 
and they done they had done kind of a lot of kind of different stuff, but always kind of kept it with the War of Ages formula. I think losing that formula was probably the best thing they could do. And this record sounds more like a let's take advantage of the members that we have and let them play what they can play versus maybe them having to necessarily subscribe to a certain structure or, you know, a, a certain rules for doing things. And in that regard, it is a really great record because it is so markedly different than anything else they've done in the past. And um, yeah, I enjoy it. Like the keyboards and stuff, like that's very different. Like, and, and they, they achieve Epic differently than they've achieved it in the past. And it's, it's not- kind of, it's a cool look for them. There's not one thing on this record that they do that's different, that's overdone. And I think that's something you can't see um, as confidently with their past albums. You can see, like, you, you hear a little bit more electronics and Supreme Chaos. You hear a lot of the cleans. But this one, they do everything perfect. Um, if we are if we are going to strain gnats here and split hair in miles apart, Leroy throws down a really black in the middle of one of the breakdowns and i loved it so much and i was waiting for him to do it when he played it live at face down and my boy leroy let me down he didn't hit me with the black and it killed me it broke my heart and i hope you're listening so you know how bad i think maybe he had maybe he'd seen that meme where you know the dad's on the plane with the kid and the uh a guy a guy drops to the floor with a heart attack and uh everybody's like oh my god what do we do what do we do and the, the dad looks over at the kid and be like, man, I guess they really need a doctor right now. They don't really need a deathcore vocalist. Maybe you <laughs> no. should have thought about that before he became a deathcore vocalist. <laughs> why, don't you run, why don't you run up to the guy and yell, blah, in his face and see if that helps. He must have just read that meme and then decided not to do it. The Hulk does that to Iron Man at the end of the first Avengers film. He has uh, to. I don't want to hear nothing. <laughs> I don't I know, man. Dying, we all we man. all need a good we all need a good bleh every now and again. I was feeling it, man. I did it to myself, and I and he just kind of kept on headbanging. It didn't even put the microphone to his mouth. It was hard. Could be worse. Oh, he could do the entire show with his hand out like this. <laughs> I mean, he does a lot of that. <laughs> it's okay every once in a while, but sometimes you want to go to the show and actually hear the vocalist do the vocals. I don't know, man. I'm a hardcore kid. Give me the microphone. I'd rather do it myself. I'll get up there and do it better. Yeah. <laughs> Such a meathead. You guys want right. to hear the story about when I DDT Dan on the stage of a Zayo show? Nothing's Please. more nothing's more annoying than whenever like the band is like hyping up, the vocalist reaches the mic out and some guy just goes, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Newstead did that at a Metallica concert one time and James Hetfield gave him this look like what are you, what are you doing? <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um off topic, but uh yeah, I mean this band what else is there to say about War of Ages? I guess this is where Joe's going to ask us for the final word. Final thoughts on War of Ages. Dan. Epic. War of Ages is an epic band that you should check out. If you're on the fence about whether you like metalcore or not, you're going to definitely figure it out when you're listening to this band. If you get halfway through and you're like, I hate all of this, then you don't like metalcore. Um, but that's okay. I, I love the fact that they stuck with it as long as they did when so many of their contemporaries were like going in super weird directions. It's not that they didn't go in weird directions, but they, they always kept it metal. They kept it in your face and they, they never compromised anything. And uh, they're also one of the few Christian bands, if I can bring this up, um, that actually like really stuck to their belief system throughout their career, like this far into it. A lot of bands like this, when they started off in that Christian scene, whenever they started off, it was cool to be a Christian metalcore band. It became less cool over time, and that didn't really matter to them. They, they, they kind of stuck to their same vision. 
So, I mean, regardless of what side of the fence you're on, as far as that belief system goes, you got to give credit where credit's due when people actually stick with what they believe and they make strong statements that they stand behind. David, what about you? Um, I'll completely agree. You know, especially that last point. Uh, it's funny. Most of the Christian metalcore bands start out Christian and then slowly move away from that as they go. Then you get War of Ages where they start out Christian metalcore and then now Leroy's like an ordained minister in his church. Like completely opposite. You know, that's the, the, that's the final truth. completion of the journey, right? There it is, man. But no, War of Ages, uh, consistent. You're one of the few consistently great metalcore bands that you're going to find. Um, put on any album and there's something to enjoy for everyone. Uh, Leroy is one of the um, dynamic well, I already went for it. Dynamic front men where um, you know it's him and you 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 hear every word he's saying. You can understand every word he's saying. And you hang on every um, and that's hard to find in Metalcore too. So, uh, yeah, 10 out of 10 would recommend. I think War of Ages is one of the definitive Metalcore bands. If you are a fan of riffs, heavy vocals, and intense drumming with gang vocal choruses, you can't go wrong with War of Ages. It's exactly what you were looking for. David, what's your album of the week? Den's Taming Tongues features Leroy from War of Ages on track two, and it's going to be the album of the year. I bet your money. Damn, what about you? Mine would have to be uh, this little guy right here. This is Bow by Focused, and uh, still one of my favorite hardcore albums of all time. It didn't age well. It sounds dated, but I love it. When I'm having a bad day at work... I listened to very intense, very offensive, hardcore punk. Today I was listening to the Anti-Nowhere League, but that's not heavy enough, so my album of the week is The Best Defense is Attack by Toe to Toe. Oh man, that's some hardcore for you. Completely opposite from Damien Rice, which was the last time. (laughs) Hey, we were talking about some seriously emotional shit on the last episode. Yes, we were. Yes, we were. I'm still listening to NF all the time. It's... (laughs) Text me about 3 a.m. at 3 a.m. Yeah, I'm like, hey, this is on 3 a.m. is really good. And he's like, aren't you supposed to be listening to War of Ages? (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's that's super important. I should probably do that. (laughs) Take us out, DFT. When you're listening to this podcast, has the thought ever occurred to you that, you know, you have a band that is one of your favorites that we don't know about? Uh, If that's you, all you got to do is reach out to us. Let us know that you're thinking that. We're we're totally on your side. We get it. You can send us an email at danandjoeshow at gmail.com. Let us know what band you want us to talk about. Uh, You can reach out to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash discography discussion. You can send us a tweet at Discuss Metal or at Discuss Metal Dan or Discuss Metal Joe, respectively. Uh, you can always talk to us on our Discord server. We'll uh, send you, a, or actually, there's going to be a link in the show notes that you can click on that'll take you right to the wonderful world of Discord. So there's all kinds of ways you can get a hold of us. Let us know what bands you want to talk about, and we'll do it. At the same time, too, if you really want to represent Discography Discussion, you can buy yourself a Discography Discussion t-shirt or hoodie or comfy socks or really anything that you could ever imagine that you'd want our logo on, you can buy at our store. There'll be a link in the show notes. Check it out. Help support the podcast. And on that note, this has been episode 162 of Discography Discussion. Thank you for listening. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Discuss Metal. Subscribe to our podcast everywhere you listen to podcasts, including Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Stitcher. Visit DiscussMetal.com for all things discography discussion. And please send questions and comments to Dan and Joe Show at gmail.com. 
If you are not a patron, you can become one at patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. We have some sweet perks. Hey, Joe, can I have some money? One dollar gets you into that exclusive album review feed. Patreon.com forward slash discuss metal. Discuss it or don't. I mean, it's fine. Ha, 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 ha.